you? Oh my god, it's been so long. What's going on? Oh, I'm just fine. I'm on like week two and a half of my uh, of my quarantine. You know, we're all we're out here trying to keep sane in our prospective homes and isolated zones. And uh, thank you for tuning into my music podcast. My name is Shelby Jacobson, and I'm happy that you're here with me. It's been a minute. I feel like every episode of this podcast I start it with. It's been so long since I posted an episode, which it's true every time. So I'm thinking with this quarantine, I've been trying in general to uh, generate as much content as I possibly can, trying to have as many projects to work on, a lot of busy work. I have a good routine right now. I wake up and I do a uh, dance class at 10 in the morning. Then I work on some sort of project. I've recently in this quarantine uh, really thrown myself back into the show Wild Boys and um, as a treat if I get frustrated you know in the middle of the day and I need a breather with my project um, I'm allowed to watch one episode as a palate cleanser and then I return back to my work Um, and then at 5 o'clock p.m. I uh, do a a, uh, boot camp style uh, yoga sculpt class that absolutely fucking kicks my ass Uh, And then after that, I kind of just get to fuck around for however long until I fall asleep. Um, You know, I'm I'm just really trying to keep busy here, trying to not let it get me down. Um, Practicing social distancing is important, and I am really trying to follow all the rules. I'm, I'm wearing gloves, I'm sanitizing twice a day of my house. But I'm also showering. Um, I'm sure you didn't need to know that. You should have just assumed that I'm showering, but I definitely am. Anyways, (laughs) I am so fucking stoked to have a new episode for you. I'm especially thankful uh, for this one because, well, quite frankly, I interviewed my best friend in the entire world. She is my wife. She is my floney. She is Sophia Aragin, a multi-instrumentalist, an artist, a animal rights activist, and the most special person I probably have ever met in my life. I love her very much, and she is such a genius and has so many interesting things to say, um, always, but definitely with the songs that she brought in today that you're going to hear, yeah. It's a great episode. I'm, I'm really excited. I put together this episode as fast as I could. It was really fun and easy to edit. I'm stoked and let's just get into it. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Um, this is another fantastic episode of Is This Music with um, Shelby Jacobson. That is me. I don't know why I say that every single time. Because, you know, it's me. I don't have to say it twice. Um, I am here with my, well, with my wife, my best friend. She is a multi-instrumentalist. It's true. You can't deny it. A um, incredible artist. She just can do it all. She, she's just the best person I've ever met in my entire life. And her name is Sophia Argi. Hello. <laughs> oh, there. I was like, she's not going to say anything. We had many technical difficulties in the beginning here, so 
So welcome, Flownie. <laughs> Flownie. Her name is Flownie. Um, I will call her by her birth name, Sophia. <laughs> it sounds so weird when you say Sophia. I know. I don't think I've said your name more than once in like the past two years. <laughs> I know. I honestly sometimes I forget your name because it's just Flownie to me. Yep. Yep. Same. Same. Um. Okay. So, um, Sophia. You are a, like I said just prior, a multi-instrumentalist. You play synth keys in Wand. You play drums in P22. You've also played drums in a million other bands throughout your entire life. Mm -hmm. You're playing keys and synth in Kamikaze Palm Tree. Is this confirmed? Is this confirmed. hot Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> we played together with Shannon Lay. You've also been in a million other things, and you probably have your hands dipped in a, a couple things that I can't even think of right now. <laughs> um, how are we doing? Oh, Floney, we're doing okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. You're so, you're, all the superlatives are, you know. I, Dude, I'm, I had I'm to give honor. you a proper intro, even though I stumbled on it, and I'm, I, for some reason, got shy. Um, <laughs> Every time I start one of these things, it's like I forget the person I'm talking to isn't, like, the closest friend to me, and I get all fucking freaked out. I'm like, I'm never going to do this right. I know. I was, like, a little bit nervous, too, but, like, only because I... Or I was hesitant. Not mm -hmm. nervous, but my hesitation was only because I'm like, like, who the fuck gives a shit about what I say? A lot of people do, and more than anyone, it's probably me, so... I definitely give a shit. Um, so I appreciate you coming in and hanging out with me and letting me ask you a bunch of questions. The, the best question of all that I actually wrote down as, I don't understand how I don't remember this, but how did we meet? Because <laughs> how do we both no not idea. remember where we met? I, yeah, I have no idea where we met. I not it must have been at some sort of gathering, one party or another, or a show, but, like, I wish that I remembered the actual time that we, like, but more than anything, because I don't exactly remember the time and place, um, I do have, like, an insanely strong, vivid gut feeling memory of being like, oh my good God, I think I just met, like, my soulmate, Dude. and I don't know how to process this, but, like... Every time that we saw each other after that, we were like magnets. We were like, thank God you're here. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. Like and every time. So I don't know how it happened. Like what kind of magic potion was put into whatever happened that we both blacked out. And then like after that, we're like, I love you. I know. It was so crazy. I feel like I've never quite had that with somebody before. Same. It was like, ooh. God. I know it's crazy. I mean, I've I have so many beautiful friends and people in my life that definitely have had like instantaneous connections with. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. This one was definitely different, and I'm yeah. so glad that you also feel the same way. <laughs> it's a little bit of a relief. Um, but I the only thing I was just thinking about is it still this way on your phone? Did you you saved my name as Shelby Cool? <laughs> Yes. Which is, is my name still that in your phone? Yes, it is. <laughs> that is like the highest form of compliment if you just meet somebody and you're like, this person's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly. amazing. I just was trying to like rack my brain with things today 
for notes for this pod, and I was like, oh my god, I think my name in her phone is Shelby Cool. That's amazing. <laughs> what, a, what a compliment. I also remember, like, we didn't really start hanging out all the time right away, because we were both in, you know, relationships. You know. <laughs> you know, you let's know. say together. Relationships. You know, sometimes it's hard to, um... We were both in live-in boyfriend relationships. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's hard to, to develop a, a new friendship when you're in that zone. I know. But then, um, and then we just made it happen. Yeah, I feel like we started to see each other more and more at, like, you know, whatever, at wherever people socialize, parties and stuff. There was, like, a lot of, like, CalArts parties I yeah. feel like I saw you at or yeah. punk shows or something. Yeah, totally. But um, I remember when I was living with my boyfriend at the time we had this garage and I was like we have to start a band together and we like commissioned a few different people to come play we would have like really weird jams that kind of stopped and started and stopped at the same time like shout out to Annie Evers shout out to Annie fucking (laughs) Evers dude where what did we even have a name I still have some of those jams on my in my in my files But also, fast forward a few months, um, I think we also became really good friends fast from God have you, whatever connection we instantaneously had, but also we were going through, like, the same kind of, like, relationship lull, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's weird to talk about it, I don't care, I'm sure you don't really care, but they're not gonna hear (laughs) it. Yeah, they're definitely not going to tune the fuck into this stupid podcast. Um, we were both in these weird relationships, and I was like, dude, I gotta break up with this guy. I'm so over it. Like, and we, like, made this, like, plot, plotted plan to, like, break up with our boyfriends and move in together. <laughs> And we didn't talk about it, but there was, like, a, like, underlying, like, this week, I'm gonna do it, like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And then I broke up with him and was like, I'm moving out, and I'm moving in with Sophia. (laughs) All in one breath. And then I called you and was like, dude, I fucking did it. And you were like, oh my god, I just did it too. We broke up with them on the same fucking day at the same time. And both were like, okay, time to move in. Yep, yep, yep. And then we moved into your amazing little loft art art space. Now a a storefront space in East Hollywood. My front, my bedroom is now a like glass paneled money guy like Silver Lake fucking boutique probably. Dude. What? Do you have any tea Elena on that? told me that, my coworker Elena, she told me that they're going for $4,000 no. each now. No fucking way. Yes. These were tiny, teeny, tiny little, like... And it was only $1,350. For I thought place. it was $1,275. Like, there was, it was, <laughs> it was just a storefront space, basically, because it had a, a massive, like, front area that was for, like, a gallery or somebody's, like, art practice separated by a wall that take you, took you to the back half that had the bathroom, the kitchen, the shower, and, like, a, the living quarters. Yeah. <laughs> but we we basically lived on top of each other with no walls. I mean, technically we had one wall, but the front half, where the front door was, was my bedroom. So if you were coming or going from our house, you had to go through my bedroom 
And if I had to go pee or wanted to shower or eat food or do anything, I had to go into Sophia's room. <laughs> and uh, it was very much a time and place thing, but it also like made me realize how we work so well together because I think any other paired up people that weren't a couple would have eaten each other alive and we wouldn't have lasted but I do feel like it made us even like closer friends yeah amazingly I know like me waking you up and being like sorry I'm so thirsty (laughs) 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 or me being like asleep with my new boyfriend and you and like (laughs) you coming home being like sorry No, we try. We try. We try. We try. We try. It was a beautiful place. It's now, um, I think, owned by Scientologists. Yes, I think so too. And uh, everyone got evicted. We moved out a little bit before that, but that's a different story. Because if we had waited, we would each have $5,000. Well, how are we to know? Dude, we had bed bugs. But she doesn't believe it. <laughs> this is an, on, uh, an ongoing debate until we're old. We did have confirmed bed bugs, and she doesn't fucking believe me. Um, anyway, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yes, what a, a beautiful time. My dog wants to go outside. Oh, she does. Noodle, no, we're recording a podcast, okay? You have to wait. Wait. Wait, but doesn't she have um, to but yeah. Oh, she has to pee. I don't know if she has to pee, but I'll I'll I'll, yeah, I'll let her out. She's been doing this every time I'm sitting at my computer looking focused. She does this. Oh really? My son, it's very cold. Um. Okay. But yeah, the rest is I guess just simply history. Simply history. And uh, after we moved out of that house that we lived in together, I moved. To another house. You started touring with Wand like full time or playing with Wand full time mm-hmm. and that took up all of your time. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about how that kind of switched your life into a way different rhythm? Like what was that like for you in the beginning? And I know you've been playing music like your whole life. I don't know if you want to start there but. Yeah I guess I never. It's like it's hard to put into words or something but like basically like both my parents are musicians and Mm -hmm. and so I grew up playing music um and I always took it really seriously and um my mom uh did a lot of music for tv commercials mostly so I have like you know a lot of respect for people who who do like commercial work Mm -hmm. um uh, and uh, my dad played guitar he was um amazing session session musician session player yeah and he uh, played a lot of different people um like you know so i uh <laughs> fuck it's so hard well to, like, i mean i thoughts together i i uh maybe we can go from here because i re- i wanted to talk about your mom and your dad a little bit just because that is like cool information to know yeah um your mom is like a og synthesizer like wizard she was like from the 70s right like really is a pioneer in that field like I have limited knowledge about all that but I know that she's like one of the main heads Mm -hmm. and that's really fucking amazing and it's really special that you also are like I wouldn't say necessarily like carrying the torch but maybe you are in a way but like you made your own decision to do that you're you play all different types of music but 
Um, what has that been like for you? Yeah. Playing synthesizers in modern bands now when your mom was like, what a cool connection to have. Like, that is so, so special. Yeah. yeah. So fucking cool. Your mom is amazing. I love her very much. <laughs> Me too. She's a good lady. She basically, I mean, she grew up in North Carolina and, um, in Chapel Hill, but in Asheville, um, you know, like not too far away, Bob Moog started, you know, building synthesizers mm-hmm. and um, started the factory there. And um, she, you know, grew up playing classical piano her whole life and bagpipes also. <laughs> and then she, you know, went to grad school at CalArts. She came to California and there's a, you know, a whole West Coast school of synthesis mm-hmm. um, at that time, like Bukla um, and Modular. And so she um, worked, after school, worked at one of the first um, Modular synthesizer um, factories. That is so cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, Surge Modular. I still, I mean, like, to be honest, like, like, uh, Modular is pretty, pretty daunting. Yes. To me, um, like, I mean, I'm definitely interested in, like, exploring that, but I, um, I'm kind of maybe more focused on like playing right now mm-hmm. than I am um well you like grew up with taking like piano lessons and stuff right yeah 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 and I I I grew up yeah so playing piano and 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 then I kind of stopped for a while um after my dad died because it kind of just made me sad mm-hmm. to like play music so yeah. I kind of stopped for a long time um and then college kind of started playing a little bit just for fun with people and friends and then um like I wanted to play drums so I got a kid and um kind of taught myself and they had a couple little lessons here and there um which you know helped um get me going but yeah I mean with all the wand stuff I've totally kind of um I haven't been practicing drums as much as I would like to but um anyway so yeah it was interesting. I never really thought or like tried to pursue like music as a career mm-hmm. path. What was your major at CalArts again? I, I don't know. It was either. art. Um, and that's where I'm staring at one of your pieces right now in my house. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I met Corey and Evan. Um, and um, yeah, I remember Corey's like like. One of his bands at Keller's Magic Mountain. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I, I never got to see that yeah. era, but I. I think I met him, maybe right after that, like mm-hmm. 2012. Yeah. 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 It's so crazy like, to think that that was so long ago now, yeah. but. I know. I like basically lived with Corey for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably how we got connected through. Yeah. If I can trail so that back somehow. Kind of parties at that house or something. Park Row. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So, yeah, I... I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about, like, what what it looks like to enter a creative field because I feel like it's funny. Like, the intention is, like, initially so pure and innocent and, like, curious and, um, like, like, uh, you want to explore and you want to express yourself and you want to and you're inspired, you know, and so you, like, start making art or music or whatever, and then over time, 
you know, when it starts to become a job, mm-hmm. it changes and like it becomes abstracted by mm-hmm. like money and ego and stuff and and um, it's you know important to to kind of I don't know maintain maintain some kind of integrity mm-hmm. and I feel like like um, like we're pretty we try you know to like. Like, every band that I'm in, I feel like that's that's a requirement for me or something. It's like, just to make sure... I mean, if, if you're not if you're not making a million bucks, you better be having fun. And of the music course. better be coming from, like, um, a real place. Because that's the only interesting thing about music, really, is to keep challenging what music is or something. To keep challenging yourself. Yeah. Um, to but. think outside of, like, what music what you think music is or something like that i think that the fact that you have so much integrity in the decisions that you're making with music all of your decisions are based on like your core values but i think that that's like a very strong characteristic of your personality and i think also that's why i'm so drawn towards you it's like there's many things but like there's there's so much integrity in what kind of like art you're expressing and like the the stuff that you choose to put your time into instead of just like I think the fact that you you are like putting these principles into the art that you're making it it can only release something that you really can stand behind and you actually feel proud of and like you're not half-assing it because you can't like your gut feeling is like I I'm gonna take my time with this and do it the way that I believe in instead of just like wish-washing around yeah I don't know if that makes sense but I think that's how you make really good art in general Mm -hmm. is if you like have those core values of like, I'm not going to settle and just kind of go with the flow of like whatever I think might get me somewhere, like what it sounds, what my friends are listening to or what I think I should sound like, like you believe in something very strongly and like, you're not going to like waver from that. And I think that that's what being a punk is. (laughs) And also like, that's how you create like really powerful art in in music and any sort of medium but totally yeah and I feel like so blessed that I that I happened upon a group of people and making music with people that are that way Mm -hmm. you know like I think everybody that I'm making music with now like I just have so much respect for everybody has everybody is a fucking genius and I just feel everyone is a fucking genius how did I end up with such cool friends mm-hmm. and I feel truly inspired by them every day you know mm-hmm. sometimes they fucking drive me crazy of but course. you know but also I was just gonna say I also think that the the integrity behind being transparent with the people that you're working with or creating with like if they're gonna be bummed on something like you are able to like progressively express how you're feeling like give like positive creative notes and stand up for something if you don't feel like it's right or if you want to go against something like you guys are able to have those like very mature and progressive kind of conversations that make people feel uncomfortable because being creative with other people is vulnerable and strange and people's feelings can get hurt or whatever Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. b and c but I've always admired that like you guys can stay true to your values because you feel like you have the power to like speak up Totally. And you have, I don't know. That and I feel like the more open you are to criticism, the more power you have to stand up when you really feel like 
you need to. Totally. Instead of just kind of like deflecting every every critical comment that you get mm-hmm. or any opinion that anyone has about what you're playing, like like sometimes those people are right and it's cool to uh, be able to be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I see, I see that and like I feel like it's important. I, I personally thrive off criticism. I can't be in a creative environment with people who are not um, constantly challenging themselves and mm-hmm. each other. Totally. I think I can feel that from like every kind of band you've been in. Like you can tell that everyone's challenging themselves. It's mm-hmm. not a comfortable seat. Totally. It's like yeah. always something new is being like churned out. Like mm-hmm. it's, it seems like a lot of hard work. You can tell, like, that's why I appreciate it extra hard, because it's very special. Thanks, honey. Yes. (laughs) Um, Before we get into what you brought, I am kind of curious about, because once you started touring with Juan, like, full-time, you barely had any time here in Los Angeles. Like, you've had pockets of, like, you know, time to be home. But, like, the past couple of years of your life, you've been on the road a lot. Um, yeah. And I'm curious if touring full-time has changed your relationship with music, the way you listen to it and how you, like, seek out stuff. Not not necessarily the way that you're playing or the music that you're, like, involved with personally, but, like, your relationship with hearing things and, like, seeking out new music and, like, yeah. has your taste changed and, like, yeah. all that loaded kind of question. Yeah, totally. Um, for sure. I mean, it's inevitable, I suppose. The Mm -hmm. more you're kind of, or I feel like what happened mainly is like being exposed to like so much live music. Mm -hmm. And like the first thing that I kind of realized, um, is that if you don't like something that like a recording that you hear or record, you'll probably end up liking it if you see it live. I've because, always felt that way. Yeah. yeah. You just, I wonder why that is. Is it because you have like a personal connection to the work that these people are doing now? I don't know. I think it's kind of more about like, for me, what I've noticed is like, people can convey the feeling better live and you can just get a better read on, on what their take is, what their mm-hmm. angle is, what their ideas are and and the kind of um, setting that they're, like, creating, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then also I feel like my opinions about music have completely opened up. I feel like I don't even know what's good and bad anymore. There's no good, there's no bad. Mm -hmm. Everything's just good now. Great. Unless it's (laughs) atrociously bad. Yes. (laughs) But there's no, like, wishy-washy, like, eh, maybe... Yeah, it's usually like, oh wow, okay, or like, holy crap, yeah. Dude, I'm so sorry, my dog is boofing, I'm gonna tell her to be quiet. Sorry. <laughs> no, you have to be quiet, we're recording. Please stop. <laughs> Sit. I guess we can, from there, because my dog interrupted us, do you want to talk about what you brought in today? Sure. Um, okay. Well, I brought in songs that I, that I think are really good songs. Uh-huh. 
And they're not necessarily my favorite songs yeah. of all time. And they're also... an impossible question also. They're your favorite songs of all time. That's like an impossible oh, for sure. task. Yeah, yeah. And I also um, picked them because of their songness. What does in that a way. mean, <laughs> Like, um, Tell me I what guess, songness is. I guess I've been listening to a lot of like, like minimal and electronic music lately Mm -hmm. so and i but i feel like those kinds of records you have to listen to all the way through so i wanted to like pick songs that are that paint a picture on their own in you know five minutes or less awesome um and convey uh an idea yeah so some of them i picked for their um because i really like the production or the structure of the song um some of them I like because of the the feeling, or some of them I picked because of the feeling that they give me. Um, some of them I picked for the musicianship or just the, um, yeah. That's all great things. Yeah. Well, the first track that you sent me is by Nora Mint Sayali. How do I say Nora that? Mint Semali. Shit. <laughs> and um, from she, Mauritania in yeah. Northwest Africa. Yes, she's um, a Mauritanian griot, and a griot is somebody that um, carries on a, a tradition, an mm-hmm. oral tradition, uh, stories, literature, poetry, music, anything like that. This person is like a... She's singing like national like music. She's singing like traditional of... Arabic songs, yeah. um, but they're not, uh, but they're kind of redone. Her band redoes them in these crazy ways. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that you brought this in because it really blew me away too. It's so cool. I did some research on her today. She's 70 years old. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's fucking (laughs) She's 70 years old. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Isn't that really cool? Isn't that like really cool? That is so cool. (laughs) I love that she's 70. I know. And this, this album that you brought in, they... Made it in 2016. And just to be able to sing like that, it's just insane. Like, what is that style of singing called again? Do you know? I have no idea. Anyway, I did very minimal, like, research on them. But it's it's very, very cool. She's yeah. I was very shocked by the 70 years old fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, she's not just an incredible singer, yeah. but she's, oh, she also um, plays an incredi- she's an incredible player. She plays a string instrument called the Ardin. Yes. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I think that basically somebody, like a griot, is somebody that starts in childhood. So, she's been, I mean extremely disciplined and trained her entire life mm-hmm. to be able to play the way she does. Um, and her band is incredible too. Um, but yeah, I guess the crazy, I was like doing some research about Mauritania because when I first heard about her, I think I heard about her just on the radio on KCRW. Oh, and also I added, I fo- started following her on Instagram <laughs> and I uh, commented on one of her posts and like, not that many people follow her. Wow. I think just not... Yeah, I don't know why. But um, I commented on one of her posts, and I was like, come to LA! And she wrote back, and she was like, soon, hopefully, thank you so much! And I was oh my like, God. oh my God! She wrote back to me, it's so cool! Wow, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> but when doing research on Mauritania, because I was like, how have I never even heard of this country, I know, you know? I do the same. 
it's a tiny country, but what's crazy is that they were one of the last countries in the world to outlaw slavery oh in 2007. God. No way. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. But also what's crazy is that in 2018, there was some kind of population census there. There's still about like 100,000 people that are still enslaved. But it's because the, the entire country is like, well, so impoverished that if slaves fr- walked away or freed themselves, which they can legally now, there would be no opportunities for them anyways. Wow. So being enslaved is the way, the only way that they can maintain a life. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I don't know. It just puts things into perspective. You totally. Know? So. Wow. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But what I love about this song in particular is there's one or two times where she's holds this one note for like an unbelievable amount of time and she's got this crazy vibrato yeah, going that's on the, that's yeah, like I going exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Going back and forth and it's just it's flawless. And I'm just You have to be such a strong singer to be able to like hold that power. It's oh pretty crazy. God, yeah. I, it blows my mind. I know. She's Should so... we listen to it? Sure. Let's listen to it then. Okay. This is uh is it Richa? I think so. Richa by Nora Mince Mali. Let's do it.
So the next four songs um, we'll play in succession, um, and we'll talk about them after. Um, but the first song, I'll just say that um, I had to include a song by My Bloody Valentine because I just love them so much, but also this song in particular, um, it means a lot to me. I guess this song, um, it has two parts that are radically different, mm-hmm. and... Um, they're both really strong and I feel like go into one another, um, like flow into one another beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of, uh, I love the thinking about the way My Bloody Valentine produced their records because um, they just had so many kind of unconventional approaches. Um, like, for example, uh, to do a lot of the vocal takes, mm-hmm. um, Belinda Butcher, she'd wake up in the middle of the night at four in the morning, and that's when they record her vocals to get oh, I didn't this know that. authentic, like really authentic, like dreamy wow, sound. That's so fucking cool. I did not know that. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And also on this song in particular, they used a lot of backwards guitar loops. Mm-hmm. So they'd record it and then just play it backwards, which I don't know, it's that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. I don't know. When I listen to their music, I kind of, um, I like to just picture like blinding white light for some reason. Like, it's not like background music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's full frontal light. It hits you in it's every, a, in every angle for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like not only just cause of the wall of sound thing, but it's also like, it's like a maximal, they're a really maximal band. Mm-hmm. You know? Maximalist? Yes. Minimalist? Maximalist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to play in succession here. We're going to play this My Bloody Valentine song. And then after that, back to back, we're going to just play for you the rest of Sophia's selections of songs. And then after they're done playing, we're going to talk about them. So I hope you enjoy the rest of her music choices. Mm-hmm. 
to all your songs we sure did <laughs> we really did we really did <laughs> and we really loved them um that's a great my bloody valentine song after that because we already introduced that first track or we introduced both of the the first two tracks rather mm-hmm. and now there are three others that we listened to but you have not said what they are or shared your experience with them and why you brought them in today. So the one after My Bloody Valentine was Strangers by Portishead. Yes. Um, really quick, I want to say that if you liked the outro of, of Honey Power, there is an hour-long looped version on YouTube that somebody made that I listened to the other night. Amazing. Of just that that vocal outro. Dude, amazing. Oh, which is just so fucking... It's like hypnotizing. There's something about it that's just hypnotizing and mesmerizing. Yeah, of course. Really, They have that power, them. for real. They do have that power. Okay, so, yeah, the next... The song that came after that was Portishead. And, um, I kind of... You know, I don't even... I love Portishead, but I'm not, like, their biggest fan. And sometimes it's kind of hard for me to get through an entire record. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, like, some serious gems on each one of each one of their mm-hmm. records. 
But this song in particular, I was listening to it the other night. I was like really stoned and I was like, holy shit. The production <laughs> is so fucking crazy. And that's what I really like about it. Because it starts out really hi-fi with the kind of like the crazy beat um, and the vocals that just sound like they're in your face. Mm-hmm. And then um, it starts going back and forth between these two parts. And the second part is this really lo-fi sounding, really yeah. far away kind of jazzy moment mm-hmm. that sounds like it's on, playing on a vinyl record in the middle of a of a cathedral or something, yeah. like way at the other end of the room. But then it jumps back into that really high, hi-fi moment. Mm-hmm. And it's transporting you into these two kind of like different worlds but they blend so well yeah into one another even though they're it's such an unusual um song structure and also the the dissonance is what really interests me in the song because there's just a lot of clashing tones and um for me that's kind of what i look for in music is is dissonance a lot of the time um, I feel like you have maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you do have a, a, an affinity for that like '90s, later '90s, really early 2000s kind of like slow beat loop, like Air Bjork sounding. Yeah, totally. Like types of music that yeah. like kind of like what you were just saying before about you need to listen to the entire album to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this with Porter's head, but. There is, like, I was re-listening to this song, and there is, like, a very specific, like, 90s sampling style here that is really cool. And I could definitely, the clash from the very hi-fi to the lo-fi, it makes it really unique in that way. Yeah. I do do think I also have, like, a soft spot in my heart for that, like, weird kind of, like, almost, it's, like, almost hip-hop-y, like, sample-y, slow-beat, kind Mm -hmm. of slow-loopy thing. There's just such a specific taste to that that yeah. you can't really like recreate now, yeah. but you can tell for sure that it's like late '90s or like very early 2000s style music, yeah. like air and all that. Totally, and yeah. I feel like like I'm particularly drawn to that like era um, because I feel like it was this kind of like almost like a renaissance in yeah. its own right, like like there was in the late '60s, early '70s. I feel like they kind of um, were both really, really significant mm-hmm. musical time periods, um, like where a lot of things changed and a lot of people made really good music. Yeah. Um, obviously, obviously. but yeah, that it's cool. You mentioned the, like the sampling because I was so intrigued by like how good the sampling sounds and how good the yeah. beat sounds totally. that I was looking I was I googled I was like okay what are the drum machines that they use on this record and I stumbled on this article that was like the DJ the producer of Portishead Geoff Barrow he's like kind of the the instrumentalist behind it he basically would sample um a drum kit he would sample uh drum machines and then um get it pressed to vinyl and then he would get that that single vinyl pressing and throw it across a room throw it in some gravel jump around just stomp on it Mm -hmm. and scratch it up and then he would record that 
re-record that record and then use those samples again. Wow. So he went through all of his fucking trouble to get it to sound like an old vinyl Holy recording. Shit. Amazing. Um, but but he was using all new sounds. So I was like, wow, that's just a crazy thing to do. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, that's really fucking cool because it actually made such a big difference. It, like You can definitely hear you it. You can hear, yeah, how good it sounds because he went through all that trouble. I know. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I love that song. I fully forgot about it. Honestly, I was very happy to hear it again. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that in. Yeah. The next one I actually know very well. Um, when we've listened to it together many a time. We have. Uh, Getting Nasty by Ike Turner and the Kings of Rhythm. Yeah. It's a fantastic instrumental incredible track i i dj that song all the time i'm obsessed with it it's so fucking good it's such a good song and it was sampled by the drastic five which kind of like brought reintroduced it back into like the mainstream or whatever um but it's it's like the catchiest it is so unbelievably catchy it's the catchiest thing i've ever heard and the the piano playing is like just masterful totally and billy preston uh, no, nothing from nothing. Nothing from nothing. nothing. He's on that, right? Wait, did he produce it? He wrote that song. Yes. Fuck yeah. Um, I I love the the like like room tone that they have on this entire oh, album because you can you not only is it like the catchiest song, but I think I even get more hyped up and more amped listening to it because I hear the room tone of everyone being like cheering him on and being oh, like yeah. so hyped on it. Oh it's, yeah. It's so, it adds that, like, extra, yeah. like, yeah. it's so, it's it gives me chills. gospel energy. Yeah, you can't, you like, can't, like, fake It's about that. the energy. Yeah. It's all about it. You learned the song on the keys. Yes, because I was so in love with it. Yeah, you, how can you not? <laughs> you, like, tried to teach it to me, and then I lost track, or lost, um, <laughs> and I got distracted. Yeah. But... It is so fucking catchy. That whole record's amazing, but this one, this track definitely stands out for sure. Yeah, it's wild. I did. I did, I guess I forgot that Billy Preston was involved in that. That's cool. Yeah, I love that song too. He didn't He's play like, the keys on uh, all the keys on that record. He has a really gnarly story, right? He does. Yeah. We don't. We don't have to talk about it, but. Well, he was just closeted his whole life, so I mean, it was the time, Jesus. but. But it's, yeah, it's really sad. Amazing musician. Amazing musician who started with Little Richard, but then, you know, played on a lot of Beatles and Stones records, too. Yes, 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 that's so true. Yeah. Well, after getting nasty, (laughs) you're closer. (laughs) This song I chose just because it's, like, the perfect love song to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's, like... It paints this really pastoral image to me where it's like, it's like looking into a field and like all the colors are there. Um, and like that organ sound. I, don't I know, know, I love the little boop keys. Oh They're so, they add such an, a charm to this song. Oh, for it sure. makes the song. I think if those weren't there, this song probably wouldn't be as special. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those organ sounds. The whole sentiment and and also the ending. I feel like the ending of that song is the best song ending mm-hmm. I've ever heard. It's just like, it's just so, just the piano part at the end. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, I don't know. It's perfect. It's literally I mean, yeah. perfect. 
<laughs> it just wraps it up in the uh, elegant, graceful way. Because sometimes ending a, har- a song or ending anything, finishing anything, is the hardest part of, of making something sometimes. And I really, I feel like <laughs> in a lot of bands I've been in, that's been, you know, um, a thing, you know, fading out is, you know, sometimes a cop out or, or, you know, it could be anything. There's a lot of different ways to end songs. I think you have to, you can tastefully fade out, but you can't For lean sure. on that too many times. Yeah. It's like a time and place. It's a very like the exception to the rule. Totally. But yeah, ending something, definitely. It's a loaded question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you end something yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And this, um, I think, does it so beautifully. I mean, obviously, that whole record, Nashville Skyline, is like such a great Classic record. Classic album. Um, but uh, I think that's the best song on the record. And such a good Dylan era, too. Just, yeah. you know, when he was so cute. And like so, so cool before he became obsessed with God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and bitter. Yeah, I guess he was probably always a little bit bitter, but that's you know that's a that's a sign of a smart smart guy. So. <laughs> You're giving him a compliment. Um, yeah, that I love that song too, and that that ending is very special, and I think that's a very good way to end your songs too. Yeah, I must say has nothing to do with Dylan, but I am a little surprised that you didn't put any Cypress Hill on this playlist. Honestly, <laughs> I, I did, and then I fucking deleted it, and I put this one song on, and I was like, God, this song has to be on there, but then I listened to it, and I was like, I've literally listened to this song too many times recently that, mm-hmm. like, I can't bear to listen to it again right yeah. now. It, I need Your to Your taste buds have gone a little numb yeah. for that song. I yeah. fully get that. I mean, this is... The, the thing that I've asked people to do with this podcast is I it's not lost on me that it's a very fucking hard time and place kind of question. Like, your your choices probably changed today. Like, yeah. it's such a loaded thing to, like, put in, like, permanent... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, ...recording. But, you know, that's why I'm trying to make it be, like, it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be your desert island, like... Yeah. These are the only songs These that songs exist. Define me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. Like, I wanted to just be like, you want to talk about this, and then next time you can come in and bring more stuff in, or only bring in your top five favorite Cypress Hill songs for the next one. I only bring that up because, as long as I've known Sophia, I feel like every time I've gotten in her car and we're going somewhere, we're listening to Cypress Hill, and it's such like a, it's such a warm fuzzy feeling now for me because you know we all know and love cypress hill for many reasons but now i have like a whole different relationship with them because every time i hear them i think of you or yeah they're very silly but they are also fucking good yeah (laughs) i mean they're also sample masters yes 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 you know part of my fascination with them but also just because i've lived here in la my whole life and the the older i get the more like proud I become of that like mm-hmm. and the more I want to rep LA yeah, like dude, I get it. they're just such a quintessential like LA group and and listening to them while you're driving around the city is like a really uh, cathartic feeling totally yeah I think that's also why now I have like an affinity like a deeper affinity towards them because I definitely know that feeling pretty yeah. well now yeah well Sophia 
thank you for coming in and bringing me your songs. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I feel like we're being so cordial right now. <laughs> we can get pretty silly, but we're being professional. <laughs> um, I love you so much, and you're my greatest friend, and so inspiring, and I think everything you've said today about anything that you're excited about or believe in or are fascinated by is so, like, it's just really inspiring to hear you speak about things that you care about, because you have a lot of heart, and I love you so much. Thank you. I love you, too. I could cry right now. (laughs) Um, I hope that you enjoyed this, and um, tune in next time. Do you have any final words, Sophia? Um. Fuck COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fuck COVID-19. Yeah, just so everyone knows, we did this over FaceTime audio. <laughs> In reality, if anyone wants to come for me, I sanitized <laughs> in the entire existence of this room. We're wearing gloves. I sanitized the mics. I sanitized the doorknobs. (laughs) She's not touching my computer. We're actually eight feet apart from each other. I extended the microphones very far away. So none of y'all motherfuckers can give us any type of shit because I'm on it harder than you have ever imagined, okay? (laughs) I don't want to fuck around with that. And we are extremely social distancing right now, so. Which is really hard for us. Yeah, exactly. We usually sleep in the same bed. Um, I love you, Sophia. Thank you for talking with me. Thanks for having me, Lonnie. Letters on the men, Jay. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> what is that? Dude, I don't even want to say why I just said that. I don't, what is that? I feel like it's embarrassing to that say. That so funny. It's from that movie, I Love You, Man. I've never seen it. <laughs> Well, now that we're quarantined, definitely keep it and just end it right there. (laughs) I'll probably end it like this.